put me in the movies They're gonna make a big star out of me We'll make a film about a man that's sad and lonely And all I gotta do is act naturally All right, we are so excited to be joined at this time by our guest, Landy Bryant-Green. She is the executive director of Maiden Alley Cinema here in Paducah and also the director of River's Edge International Film Festival. Did I get all that right, Landy? You did. Thank you. We are, um, man, we're excited. We've been excited about this since we asked you if you would do it and you agreed to do it. So thank you very much for being with us and thank you for having us back down to Paducah for our seventh is that right, guys? Seventh year? I, believe it's Dang, our seventh I can't believe year. it's been that long. I know. That's amazing. Um, we have a few questions that we are going to ask you about. Um, but did, did I do okay on the intro? Is there anything else you want to add? You also are a small business owner down here. So I, you want to promote your store a little bit sure. down here? It's called Bricolage Art Collective, and we can sign local and regional artwork. And a friend of mine and I opened it up without any thought or a business plan <laughs> and just wanted it's to continue. It. it was. <laughs> It's worked out well because it's not something that we ourselves are making money on. It's just something that we uh, wanted to do for the community, and it's gone pretty well. And it's a beautiful space. It's got a beautiful courtyard in the back too. I can't. I, I was down here in March and went in there, but you said it's changed since then, so I can't wait to get it. It has. We rearranged stuff a little bit. Um, I'm also here with my with my fellas, Scott Stafford. Yeah. Say hi to the fans and Todd Sheen. Hi everybody. Hey, hi fans. Landy. Hi. <laughs> Yeah, you can say hi to Landy, too. That's okay. <laughs> We're all here together. Um, Scott is actually much better at the interview stuff than me, so um, I will chime in uh, as needed. But, uh, yeah, Scott, do your thing, man. All right. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. Uh, your first year as director was our second year, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So how did that happen uh, as far as you becoming the director? Sure. Well, actually, uh, the whole festival started in 2005, uh, before I was even the director of Maiden Alley or even involved in it whatsoever. I was a patron of it. I attended the festival because I had friends that were involved, and I loved uh, going to it. But for a long time, there were volunteer directors. There were people in the community that would come and donate their time to direct it. And then uh, the first couple years, there was Paul Lorenz was heavily involved, who's a lower town artist and an amazing guy. And then Merle Pashtag did it one year too. Uh, We kind of worked together, but they were still kind of the director. So throughout that, I'm bad at not being in control of things. And I know that's one of my faults. I really do. Um, And I'm bad at like micromanaging. I want to have my hands in every aspect of everything. So it was kind of hard for me to work in tandem with a volunteer uh, Mm. who was wonderful, but they, you know, weren't working on it all year long. So anyway, I kind of took the reins and I still call myself and John Holt. We're volunteers as well directing this festival because it is above and beyond our duties there's nowhere in our duties as uh, staff of Maiden Alley that say we have to put on a film festival. We keep mm. doing it because we love it, and it's important to our mission of Maiden Alley. But, you know, Maiden Alley wouldn't close if we stopped doing it. And I'm not, you know, saying that to pat ourselves on the back, but it really is a labor of love. <laughs> it really, really is. A lot uh, of labor. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And we have lots of volunteers. Like, don't get me wrong. We have lots of people that help us review the films. We have people at all the different venues that take tickets, that run the projection, that we cannot do it without mm-hmm. uh, at, at all. So. so you didn't draw the short straw? No, I was excited to do it. Okay. I'm still excited to do it. I often have this layer of guilt over me that I don't dedicate more time to it, but there's just uh, there's just not. There's not enough yeah. time. 
Um, so yeah. Look, look at that. My second question was, are you still excited? So I am. Check mark. I yeah. am. I get like after it's over, I like time to get back into my normal mm. grind and then gear up again and start working on it all year. Because I mean, yeah, you work on it all year here and there as you can. So right. Yeah. Could I could I throw in something? Yeah. So so we see the hey. So we um. So you know we're down here in November. We see we see what's going on. You know, um, you know the, you know towards the end of the week as it's leading into the festival. But so once that festival wraps up, again you st- I think I think you start accepting submissions right in January, right? For we the do. Next year. Yeah. So what's what's that process from end of so mm-hmm. when Sunday comes and, and the festival's over, what's the process from that point till? Till next year at this time, what what all what's what's the biggest part of what you do? Well, really, and it happens at different points throughout the year. Getting a jury panel, which before that's happened, I've already got the one set for next year. But sometimes that doesn't happen till a couple months before. Some years <laughs> it's happened, an embarrassingly close within time frame of it starting. Um, but that's a big part of it because we want to have a nice unbiased person or people judging the films that aren't from here. And then uh, getting on without a box and film freeway and resetting up the submissions. Uh, but honestly, this year we've actually talked about kind of reformatting the festival, making it some doing some smaller pocket festivals throughout the year, having themed festivals, maybe just a shorts festival, maybe mm-hmm. some other stuff. But um, again, that's adding more stuff. Like we want to do all this stuff, but it's just time. But we'll always have it. But we're just talking about kind of not not changing the name or anything, but rebranding it in a different way. And next year, we are definitely going to bring back the homegrown uh, portion of it, which we had for many many years, and then it kind of went away. Um, because my thought process was people that submitted locally or regionally that were involved in films. I didn't really ask asked a few of them that they would want their films judged in the same way with all the other films that were submitted. Like it would be on the same caliber because a lot of them were and not picked out separately just because you're local or regional. But then we've got more people that miss that. So I think mm. we're going to bring that back. Yeah. Do you have tangent <laughs> goals for the festival? Um, Do I have what goals? I'm sorry. <laughs> a tangent. I think, that's, okay. I think that's a word. Um, it is. It is. I just turned my head to cough. And, and can you tell it. us what they are? Do you, like, do you have goals in mind? And, and ultimately, what do you want it to be? Do you have a vision for where you want it to go? Yes, I would like for, I would love for it to have its own board and its own staff. Um, I would like to find somebody to maybe help <laughs> look for some grants. That would be some funding to hire some staff that could work on that. When this first started, I found documents and looked through. Again, I wasn't part of the origin of it. But in 2005, by this point, this was going to be a two-week festival with a full staff and a full oh, board. Wow. So mm. um, just to let you know. I mean, that yeah. I don't think that says that we failed. I think we're glad we're still trucking. But that mm. was the when they started it. And all the people that started it are no longer involved. So, you know, obviously we aren't going to be on their plan. But I like that plan. I would like for it to be a longer festival. I think it's a great thing for the community because it's not just about us and our mission for film, but it's for all of Paducah because I'm also on the Paducah Main Street Board. I'm very involved and invested in this town. Um, so our CVB, our Visitors Bureau, is very loves the festival and that people come. But, yeah, bringing more people here is awesome because yeah. they go to the businesses and stay in the hotels. And, mm-hmm. you know, and what year partake. is this total? This is the 12th. 12. Mm-hmm. And, and that's saying something. I mean, it's, I feel like it is an institution at this point and you, you feel confident that it's going to be every, you know, it's going to be oh, around yeah. every year. You don't it have is. to like get on the internet and say, are they doing it this year? So like, right. that's a big deal. Like when it comes to film festivals in smaller towns, mm-hmm. it's not easy. No. Yeah. Cause we've been in five or six, we've been in five or six film festivals 
in the state, and this may be the only one that's still going from the ones that we were in. So, really? Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. we still say, and I, I'm pretty certain, and I haven't asked every county in Kentucky that we're the longest running one in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So it's so much awesome. work, you yeah. know, and yeah. people just get like people in your position. Like mm-hmm. it takes a dynamo to, you know, because <laughs> if it's on their shoulders year after year, they're like, this is great. You know, first couple of years, and then they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I get that way sometimes. I do feel <laughs> yeah. bad. And I do feel kind of guilty because I'll be like, uh, I can't wait for River's Edge, and then when it gets here, I'm super excited. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and let's give a let's give a shout out to uh, John Holt too, because I mean he's oh yeah he no. does a no <laughs> okay I'm sorry John. Well, if you ask him, he's always exhausted because I think he's getting older. Um, but yes, he does. We stepped it up too. Uh, was it? It was three years ago. We started renting our equipment from Nashville, a place to get digital projection and get screens, mm, yeah. and so we've even. Look for more sponsors to help, you know, cover that because that's quite expensive. Because mm-hmm. the guy we used to rent the stuff from was like a DVD player and right. a screen, and he came and set it up, and it was like a third of the cost of what we spend now yeah. creating these other venues. When we so. when we noticed that, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, it jumped out at us, and we were like, "Wow, that's you yeah, know, that's not yeah, yeah, yeah." We're fancy and, pants now. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and he and he's and he's running he's running from venue to venue, yeah. making sure he that is. Uh, and you Austin know. Matting, uh, who is also mm-hmm. a local guy and a filmmaker, doesn't work at Maiden Alley. He just volunteers every year to help out. And Chris Bauer, who works with John on some of his films, helps him set it up beforehand. Um, and then John masters all the films to put them together in the film blocks that I create and curate very carefully as themed little blocks, which is actually quite fun, but pretty time-consuming. Mm, so. <laughs> so we've got filmmakers that listen, um, or at least in theory. And, uh, <laughs> so I think this is good insight. We're going to get into a little bit of, you know, from inside the mind of somebody that's selecting, mm-hmm. you know, behind the selection process and that, that sort of thing. So on the on the other side of it, what are your priorities your personal priorities and philosophy would you say when it comes to selection um what are you looking for Mm -hmm. what's important to you sure uh what's the ideal film that lands on your desk that sort of thing well it is for me it's film is just like any art it's very subjective uh Mm -hmm. so different opinions are going to be in there different people like different things and are attracted to different things that's easy the things that make it easy for me are when i start watching a film and it's not technically up to snuff Mm -hmm. uh that either the sound quality is bad the um Technically, it's just the cinematography's not great, or just technically it's not there. Uh, so that's an easy way for me to, and that's kind of subjective too, but there are things like if the voiceover is not matching the mouth that is moving, that is an easy way to be like, yes, we're not going to accept that film. Uh, but other than that, I think it's very important for me to get other people in there because I do have a very specific taste. I really love documentaries. I'm really drawn to documentaries. You can, I mean, it might not even be done that well, but if it's a topic I'm interested in, it might get in. There are different things, like we want um, really good representation from all over the world. So if we get submissions from another country, you know, that might not be a subject matter that I'm particularly into, it might get in because we want to have representation and we think it's great that we're international. Um, but it's other people's stuff comes into play. I have a rubric I've created that's very technical that I can even share with you um, if you want to see it, that is a scoring system for everybody that reviews the films that breaks it down into sound, story, um, cinematography, nice. all the different elements. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and then we don't – we used to shoot for accepting a certain number of films. Uh-huh. Like between, we'd always say, 35 to 40. But we've quit doing that, and it's more like if we think it's worthy of being mm-hmm. in, we want it to be in and find a place for it. So we have 60 films this year. Um, so yeah. Out of, and how many submissions? Uh, around 200. Oh wow. So yeah. And when we review them, I mean, we do have a process and I think lots of, uh, 
Well, we're a very small review committee, so bigger film festivals, you know, like Sundance and whatever, I'm sure have tons of people doing this. But, like, if it's a feature-length film, it's like an hour and 45 minutes, we're going to watch 10 to 15 minutes of it and see how it rolls. And if it's not capturing anybody's attention, we might, you know, somebody will take it and watch another 30 minutes but might not watch the whole thing mm. if we don't see see any merit there. Because so. yeah. a lot of them, they need to get you in the beginning. Mm. So. Complete guesswork. I've like all- like Cannonball, right? Because that opening scene of Cannonball, <laughs> yeah, it just grabs, grabs you, you, doesn't it? It won't let go. It really doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. Um, I've always felt like, just completely from the outside and having no idea, I've gotten the impression that it's important to you guys to have Kentucky representation, too. Yes, for sure. Okay. For sure. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, but we don't, like, I'd, I'd like to say we don't just pick people just because we know them or because they're from Kentucky or mm-hmm. they have a local tie-in. Um, that's always nice, but I don't think we're do. I think we're doing a disservice to somebody if we only pick it because of that. So. Right, right. So on that note, um, <laughs> say say we sent in the worst film ever. <laughs> me, it's time to get personal. Me, Todd, and Alan. <laughs> the worst thing you've ever seen. Bottom 10% of submissions. How hard would it be uh, to tell us no at this That's point? That's a hard question. I think you guys are the only group that maybe <laughs> I would even not watch your film and you would be accepted. Because here's the because you always do a short. You know, so, well, now, but there's always, that's always a pretty easy thing to put in there somewhere. But, yeah, I mean, it does get personal, and you guys have always been very um, enjoyable to be here, and you love Paducah, and I think it's great for you to be here for our community. So, that's a tough question, but I try to be honest, and I think other people (laughs) would need to watch it, too, on our review committee. But, you know, John knows you guys, too, and we just, I don't know, you always do something fun and kind of quirky, so. We find out who's picking the films, and we get to know them real well. Oh, we get get right in there with them. a master plan. That's exactly right. (laughs) We we were working the system a little bit, too. (laughs) But, I mean, be honest, is it out of your hands at this point? Would the uh, Chamber of Commerce hunt you down and, like, send you out of town on a rail just for the hit that Paducah's sandwich economy would take if <laughs> we buy a lot of sandwiches? If you guys didn't come, That's uh, right. yeah, Kirchhoff's would probably come after me. <laughs> <laughs> but I did have a follow-up question on that, on uh, just like you said, um, the let, – let me find it. Hold on. But, yeah, not just River's Edge, but I feel like – a lot of festivals like to foster relationships with filmmakers who aren't jerks and yeah. bring them back. Would you say that's fair? Sure. I would say, too, even to that point, um, again, I have friends, too, that go roll their eyes every time I say when I was at Sundance. But <laughs> I, we have, I've been lucky and fortunate to go kind of for work but for fun to go to Sundance the past six years. And we, I don't always go see the shorts programs because they're not part of the stuff you can see with an industry pass. But we went last okay. year. And there were, um, honestly, that's how subjective it is. There were things I saw at Sundance that I would not have accepted into my festival. Yeah, that's, that's so that's really just, true. yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. it is. That's how it is. So, yeah, yeah. yeah we've, we've seen stuff. Um, online when people have said, hey, this made it in the Sundance and we'll watch it. And we're like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So if you could, if you could mention that to them. Yeah. <laughs> we'd appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but it's true. And it's like, who am I though? You know, really? But they have, I mean, I don't even know how many submissions they get that yes. they have to go through mm-hmm. and Thousands. how many different peoples are, how many peoples, different people are reviewing them and what their backgrounds are and all that stuff. But still it's, yeah, Sundance they, has to make it through so many steps because you've got you got your lower level uh, screeners mm-hmm. who pass it on to the next level, and then you know eventually if it makes it all the way there, 
then you're having basically arguments from what I understand. Like, yeah. you know, you've got people fighting for you and, and then, but of course you've got all your industry people that have put in a word for certain films. Sure. To it's make very sure political. You know, I'm sure. Uh, like we are, we're going to say it way. is. <laughs> we're going to say it's very it political. Yeah. We have, you know, nobody's given us any money to put their film in the festival. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to start. <laughs> if we have a particularly bad year, we might send you, um, how annoying is the obligatory email that you get from us every year to warn you that our film <laughs> is coming at the last possible second? You know, I get it from several, so it's, it's really okay. Us, it's not just you. That's uh, an artsy thing, I think. I think, I think it is. Yeah. I think I get it. I've run late on things, too. I think the thing that bugs me about the festival is, or just in life in general, in my job, when you take the time to really curate an email or an informational <laughs> something that you send out, and you get people asking you the same questions that you've actually really covered. So if they would quit doing that, I'd have more time to make a better festival. So that's a little shout out. So in other words, yeah. Scott, get your crap together. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, some of the stuff, it's not even you guys. But I mean, that, that's how it is at any job, anything that you do. People miss stuff or they don't, they don't read it. And they, you know, ask other questions. So, right. Yeah. We, we at least try to read everything. I appreciate that. Um. Let's see what's next. So you not only do this, but you do Oktoberfest. Are you lar- uh, largely a big part of Oktoberfest? I am the person that yes, organizes okay. it. Yeah, yeah, and that's a huge event for us. And that was uh, October fifteenth this year, so that was not long ago. Dang on, yeah, events back to back. I've always see, noticed that that she's got that, and sakes. then this all right on the hills. And I'm like, man. Well, Oktoberfest when we first started, it didn't know it was going to get as big as it has, um, and it was meant to be a fundraiser. It has nothing to do with film. Like the first year we did it, we were going to show Strange Brew in the theater afterward as a fun thing, but people were so exhausted and drunk that they didn't want to. <laughs> so the first year we did it was 2011. We had one band play all day. Um, Kirchhoff did all the food. We raised about. Um, um, we netted about $6,000 to help us with operating support. And then this year, and we had about 200 people in attendance. This year, we had a little over 1,000 people. We had art vendors. We had a German car show. We had two stages with mm. seven different bands. Kirchhoff made all the food. We had 12 craft breweries there. We uh, raised $30,000 this year wow. for operating yeah, support. Wow. So this is not going anywhere. This is a huge part of us yes. staying open and operating. But, yes, we definitely work on that all year long. And... Um, it is a big endeavor for us and a great, great fundraiser for us. But yeah, a couple weeks before that, we, we got involved with our barbecue festival as well and created a team mm. to do a uh, mm. taco booth at, at, to raise money for the Columbia and for Maiden Alley. That was the middle of September, so that was right before, and that was an all-year planning thing too. Yeah, we were going to go to Fantastic Fest in Austin, Texas, but had yeah. to cancel it so I could do a fundraiser. See, Dan, <laughs> so. Danville's got a barbecue festival, so I don't know if we can... We can be on board with this one. I know. Well, I mean, ours is pretty cool. They're it's competitive, and uh, there are people that raise money for. They all have to raise money for nonprofits. I don't know. I've yeah. never been to the Dan. I, I, I take that back. I went up one year uh, to the Danville Barbecue Festival, and I just looked in a couple of the porta toilets and then left. <laughs> How many people no. come to it? It's pretty well. It is. Yeah, it's, big it's, deal. It's, it's, it's been growing and growing quickly. Yeah. Too many. That's why. Oh, I know. Yeah. This is the way to do it, though. You get a booth, and you have a place in the back that the public can't come into, and that's where you can hang out and avoid the crowds. Although, it was exceptionally hot, and we had a golf cart, and nobody around us did, so I had to take several elderly ladies back to their cars <laughs> oh, that wow. were getting hot. Mm. And they were so sweet, because they were doing uh, hot fudge Sundays, And like, you come over and get you a hot fudge Sunday <laughs> for giving our lady a ride. And I was like, no, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, the, I'm getting way 20, off topic. The 2015 uh, 
Danville Barbecue Festival was made made national news because uh, there was somebody uh, throw somebody threw, threw a brisket at somebody, at somebody else. else. Oh no. It didn't get There's a lot of tension in the pits. That's sad. You know? I love brisket. So, yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, why didn't you just like throw a, I don't know, a bag of napkins or but something? But as we saw, the 2016 crowd was huge. So if you all want to yeah. write that one down, throw yeah. meat at somebody. Yeah. Just no. hire it on Throw it on a taco. Hire a just hire we a We had brisket tacos, and they were amazing. Oh, man. That sound good. We were the only vegetarian, vegan, well, not vegan, but um, gluten-free option probably at the whole thing. <laughs> Because we had pulled pork tacos, brisket tacos, and then we had sweet potato tacos. Nice. That mm. the vegetarians were excited to have a reason to come to oh, the yeah. barbecue festival. So it was neat. We were called Cartel, and we were awesome. You can tell it's getting close to lunchtime. I know. A lot of talk I'm talking talk. about food. Taco <laughs> <laughs> barbecue talk. So is the is the would you say the next like biggest thing in the in the future? And it might not be the very near future, but like is is the Columbia is that the big next thing for the like as far as what will impact the festival or Yeah, I mean it'll impact our programming all around. But yeah. that is one of the caveats when we talk about the potential for the Columbia is that we can house the festival in one location. I kinda love that we have different locations yeah. to get people mm-hmm. out and about, get them moving around, mm-hmm. um, getting them to see different really cool places in Paducah. So we probably still use I those agree. other spaces for other stuff. But um, the Columbia for us is just going to be huge because we only have that one screen all year round for Maiden Alley. So we can't move something that's playing well to another screen to bring something else in. And I'm sure you all know how the movie industry is now. When I first started, like things are moving so quick. VOD, mm-hmm. everything is moving so quick. If we don't get it on the screen when it's available, mm-hmm. it's already accessible to people in another way. Right. So we need more screens bad. Um, but we also use it for rentals and other special programming we want to do kids cartoons saturday morning like it'd be great oh, to yeah, do awesome. like throwback stuff like that we'd want to do we'd love to do filmmaking workshops and educational stuff um but in our current space i mean mm-hmm. you've seen it that office where we are is like our only in the theater, like extra space we don't even have storage vintage so. cartoons Yes. Yeah, what are like, we talking charge about? Charge like a dime. I don't know. I think it'd be awesome. Like, yeah. I don't know Tom and Jerry. That's not super vintage, but I like it. Um, I don't know. Just like they used to do back can, in the day. Like, can, we get, can we get Smurfs on there? Yeah. Heck yeah. That'd be awesome. Droopy. We've talked about the Columbia a lot, but we haven't explained what it is, and people may not know. That's you, a good point. Yeah. Do you want to sure. go through that a little bit? Yes. It is a 1920, built in 1927 art palace. Um, it is a beautiful, beautiful space. It has got two architectural styles in it. It's got Adam-esque originally, and then what's called a Scorus style, which is very beautiful and ornate and over the top in gold and silver. Um, there's about 800 seats on the ground floor. There's about 500 yeah. in the balcony. Um, they opened it and started doing vaudeville and showed films, and then they blocked off the second sc- the balcony into a second screen in the 60s, and uh, were in a uh, movie theater till 1987 when they closed. And we've been working on it for about three years now, raising money to reopen it as a movie theater and make it a three-screen venue. So we would push out the lobby, make the bottom floor about 300 seats, and make the balcony twinned into two screens that are about the size of Maiden Alley, which is like... 114, 120 seats with real comfy, comfy seats, um, and just uh, have programming going on there all the time. We, we, we expect it to be an economic boom mm-hmm. for that part of Broadway because there aren't any businesses happening there right now. It's very much into creative placemaking movement. Um, we want people to be able to enjoy it just for its architectural mm-hmm. um, beauty and just be able to see it. Because a lot of people try to compare it to the Carson Center, which is a beautiful performing arts center here that was built from the ground up. That is dark half the year, cause, which like a lot of performing arts centers are. You know, they have Broadway shows come through. They do uh, rentals and things like that. But we want that space to be open all the time, and it would be with mm-hmm. our with our programming yeah. model. So. And you don't need to know any of that to – I mean, you can just be headed down Broadway 
and like we were the fir- first year we came down here and it i mean it you can't n- miss it like it you know, the, the yeah. building yeah. itself is just like wow it what is. what is that but and when people you, walk in they're like yeah. right even more so like right. yeah, yeah. Like we got to the chance to a couple of years ago and it's just it's amazing yeah. it really is it's, it is structurally one of the most beautiful places i've ever been in it's so gorgeous yeah. and we just got some new red marquee letters that we put i don't know if you saw it's got river's edge oh, on yeah, it. yeah. john and i put that up last friday nice. Good nice. Job. yeah <laughs> yeah i hope we can come down here for whenever you all open it the grand opening i'd love to come i down do too there's actually a really neat lady the the ground floor is a shoe store right on broadway that just celebrated their 40 years of being in business and she has been there forever. She, My mom used to shop there when she was pregnant with me. Beth mm-hmm. knows me from, you know, in the womb. But they interviewed her because she saw Gone with the Wind when it did its premiere there. And said something to her in an interview locally in the news if she's going to go when it opens. She's like, yeah, if I'm still alive. I'm like, <laughs> we got to do it for Beth. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that is that concludes our deep uh, awesome. deep question section of the interview. Now we've got uh, we've got a lightning round if you're ready for it. Some quick sure. hitters. This is gonna be fun. Oh my. These are these are shallow questions. I don't know if I've had enough coffee, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, go ahead and, and fire up one of them. All right. The first one that I have is as a mystery that we've had since we've been down here. And that is what what's the deal with that hotel? That's right off Maiden Alley that has the fox in it that we never see anybody going in or out of. Oh, that is. There's a lady that owns all of those, uh, the ice cream shop and other and the barbecue place and that play, that whole strip. Mm-hmm. And people rent them out. And they are, some of them are for rent sometimes as apartments. And then it is mm-hmm. a B&B. I don't know how many rooms are available. It depends. And it's really expensive. Okay. So, well, it know. always looks and like it's pretty. open, but I never see anybody in there. And they have an entrance on Water Street on the other side. Uh-huh. So people might be going in there too. But they're, they're, uh, it's, they're beautiful places. Yeah, I can um, imagine. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, if, if we went in a joint with great milkshakes, all of us, all four of us, uh, and every flavor available was there, and Alan and I ordered vanilla. Yes. Would you judge us? Yes. <laughs> See, we get it all the time. We can't get away from I it. I do love a good vanilla milkshake, but I'm going to tell you, um, I also work as a barista at a local coffee shop, <laughs> and we have the best dang banana milkshake uh, in the world. Bananas so. are gross. <laughs> You're gross. <laughs> oh, man. We really <laughs> So, banana milkshake it, et cetera. That's, yes, yeah. get it. And okay. I don't get it, a banana milkshake anywhere else. I don't even, like, I like bananas. Don't act interested and then not get one. No. <laughs> Like if you're gonna if you're gonna like bulge your eyes out hey, over there and act like mmm that sounds yeah. you, yeah. oh it's you gotta so follow good. through you know it you know, tastes like banana uh, like uh, banana cream pies so Alan good. just just stay right there between me and Scott <laughs> so is this an ongoing thing with you guys that you get judged for just wanting vanilla milkshake we mentioned all the time? it this morning we, yeah and yeah both of us would catch catch heck for yeah, it we yeah. get we prefer vanilla to everything. absolutely I mean that's it's good it's a delicious yeah, flavor it's good. yeah it is there's nothing wrong with it but we I told him yeah, a lot I told him it's not like water like vanilla is a flavor it's right. true like just because it's you know and uh, the vanilla shakes at etc are good too okay moving on Kirchhoff's is the best deli we've ever been to what's your go-to sandwich at Kirchhoff's oh that's hard because I am friends with them and they do the Oktoberfest with us so I can go back I'll cut through the kitchen a lot mm. to go to etc or to go to other work because it's right across the alley from Maiden Alley and a lot of times I feel bad even telling you guys this. They'll be making something special, like off the menu for their lunch or just testing stuff out or making like a pasta dish or maybe Josh is coming up with some new soup. Or Josh menu. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And everything they do when that happens is just amazing. But everything on the menu is amazing too. But um, I like. 
That's hard. I like the chicken salad on cranberry walnuts good. Mm. And their turkey one's good. And I like their falafel is really good that a lot of people don't yeah. think mm. about or know about. Hey, that uh, dried tomato uh, pasta salad. Oh, it's so good. So oh, my tomato. gosh. Yes, I love that. I can eat my weight in that. I've actually tried to not go there as much lately because I'm just trying <laughs> to eat better, and it's hard. Did, did they go back to bow tie pasta on that? Yes. Okay. It's delicious. That's all you had to say. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Do you guys eat there like every day when you're here? I'm sure. Yeah. yeah when it's open, yeah. Yeah. You know, we, Sunday's closed, so you know, I know. we try before Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> we we usually try to hit it at least twice. And then the soups are good too. The soups are always good. Okay. What's next? Who? Uh, you're up. Uh, next quick hitter. Todd saw the police live in the '80s and said they were quote unquote masturbatory. Are they? <laughs> Are that you like music? Are there any bands that you would call masturbatory? Wow, uh, I just went to a show in St. Louis um, the other day. I went to see Shellac, which was fun, and then a girl opened up for them named Shannon Wright, who was really awesome. And I'm going next week to see this new uh, queer punk band called Power Bottom that I'm kind of excited about. I don't know about masturbatory. Um, That's a weird question. I didn't know that was coming. I I do love... We can cut this out. I just threw it in there. (laughs) Slater Kenny is one of my favorite bands, and I got to see them last year, and it was awesome. And I've heard of none of those bands. Nope. Let me define define a little bit more about that. (laughs) Please do. Please elaborate. This is dangerous. (laughs) That concert... I just felt like that during that show, and there was several factors, but obviously one of them was I felt like they were mailing it in. (laughs) Um, And yes, it was an incredible light show, but if the fix outshines you as the opening act and you're the police, I think there's a problem there. That is a problem. Yeah. One thing leads to another. Yes, Uh absolutely. Okay. So important question right here. Um, Who's the best looking man? Robert Redford, uh, mid-70s, Warren Beatty, early 70s, or Burt Reynolds, also 70s era, and you have to choose. It is Robert Redford, and that would be the best looking, yes, I think. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> continues to, Redford continues to win. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, you know. Making me, making me rethink everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, we, this was a debate between the three of us on a podcast. And you guys all picked. And, and uh, we, if you could look like, a, if you could look like any actor in their oh, prime gotcha, for gotcha. about six months, you, you, we chose and those, that's who we, and I've never seen a better looking specimen of a man than Robert Redford <laughs> in Deliverance. I mean, no, uh, yeah. Burt Reynolds in Burt, Deliverance. Well, I, 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 that's a hard one. Yeah. I do like Burt Reynolds. The way he wore that vest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty but, but see, he had no mustache in Deliverance, you know? No, but that's the only thing I could think of. So the but bandit, yeah, the bandit, yeah. Well, let's see, uh. Favorite thing you've ever seen at a film festival? Ooh, um, huh. I'm trying to think of something that stands out. I do. I tell the story a lot. This is kind of off topic, off your question, but at the Sundance, going there is the biggest film festival I've ever gone to uh, consistently. And I'll see things there that I'm really disappointed by and things that I really love. But you watch six to seven films a day. So I remember one day I watched four really depressing documentaries back to back which was kind of raped my soul Um, but it it was they were good but it was like in that context it was hard Mm. but let's see there was the documentary about Michael Jackson that played last year that was really good Um, uh, I saw The Lobster 
mm-hmm. at Sundance, and then we played it here, which I really, really love. This is hard because <laughs> there'd be like things that are recent that have yeah. really resonated with yeah. me, or things that like from forever ago that I have a list of that I can't think of off the you top of my head. You were a big head. fan of Captain Fantastic, weren't you? I really was. I thought it was amazing. I, I really it liked it. And there was a film. I don't know if it's been. Um, well, crap! I can't think of the name. It was based on a true story, and it was about the news anchor that killed herself mm. live on TV. Um, and I can't remember. And the name of it is just her name. And the actress that mm. played it was amazing. Um, and I can't think of the name of mm. it, so that helps. Um, <laughs> but I really liked Hunt for the Wilder People. Was amazing. Oh. I, that was a touching film. It was appropriate for all ages, which I love. And a lot of the movies that we show are not. And mm. it, it had a great lesson, and um, I really enjoyed that. That's the Take a Yeah. Yes. Did yeah, I say and, that right? And can you imagine him doing the Thor, the Thor movie? Oh, I, I know. Can't, I, can't even, I know. It's can't weird. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I think he's good. I like his writing and stuff. So. Yeah, I'm, we're we're big fans of of all those New Zealand people and and the oh, Concords yeah. and that whole group that they've got going. Um, but for a long time, when people ask me my favorite film, I'd always say Buffalo '66, which I still really like a lot. Okay, so. Christina Ricci. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, your favorite. Um, it's a fest- Gallo. And Gallo. Mm-hmm. Your favorite festival that you attend. Well, that's the thing. I don't have. I don't get to attend a whole bunch because Sundance is pretty darn expensive, and yes. I can't be awake from work that long. Okay. So I go. But I actually not going uh, to Sundance in January, taking a year off, and I think uh-huh. we're going to try to go to Toronto in okay. September, which I've always heard. I have colleagues that go to that to just rave about mm-hmm. how amazing it is. Well, I have been to True False in Columbia. Um, that was a really good festival. And they play a lot of the same stuff that was at Sundance. And they don't, theirs is not a competitive film festival. They invite people to come and they don't let the films come unless somebody associated with the film can do like a talk back afterwards. So it's a nice educational thing and it's a cool town. Anything else? What's it like being married to the demon baby? That's <laughs> what everybody wants to know. <laughs> oh, no. Corey Green. Oh, my beloved husband, ginger husband. Um, he's a goofball. He is. He's got a really dry, awesome sense of humor. He does not care what anybody thinks and speaks his mind and his opinion, which I thoroughly respect in my line of work. I feel like I can't always do that. So I really enjoy that about him. But he is. He's got a great wit, and he does a lot of – he does a podcast that's awesome. Um, in, Promote it. What is it? Oh, Ingenious Bastards. Okay. Um, they nice. talk about films It's and other stuff, and they have this bracket thing they do with different actors. It's a competitive thing. It's called Thunderdorm. Um, and they do, you should listen to it. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. They're hilarious. Uh, and they've been going for over a hundred episodes over a year and they meet, they do it every Sunday. And so they're a lot of fun, but yeah, he's, uh, he is, he's really creative and I'm, uh, constantly in awe of him. Yeah. (laughs) We do, we do thoroughly appreciate his sense of humor because, uh, yeah, ours, some, most people that know us would know ours is pretty dry as well. But yeah, yeah, Demon Baby was a weird thing. He hasn't done one in a while, but got millions of hits when he first mm-hmm. did Demon it's Baby. So funny. Re- yeah. Does a haiku, I think, was the yeah, one. But, yeah. um, and he was getting money, and I was like, "Hi, we're getting paid. This is awesome. <laughs> Keep doing this." Yeah. <laughs> it really is funny. If just YouTube Demon Baby, guys. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. If you don't know what it is. <laughs> Because it's funny, we would meet people that are in bands that were coming through a touring or something, and somehow it would come up, and they would talk about, they. I don't want to say the bad word on here, but there was a phrase the Demon Baby used that they were using as a joke and didn't realize that Corey was the creator oh, yeah. of it, that's and they awesome. were like, you'd think they'd met like a major celebrity, yeah, so it's pretty funny. Yeah. Good stuff. 
Landy, thank you very sure. much. Yeah, we really appreciate it. This well, was a lot of fun. I was going to tell you one more thing, yeah, if you don't mind. We uh, started a new film festival this year called Cinema Sisters, and it is an all-lesbian film festival. And there's a local lady that is uh, doing it, curating it for us, and I just helped her along the way, but it was a huge success. We had lots of people come from all over the country. And it's gonna. We're gonna do it again next year. When? What time of year? It was in September this year, but we're moving it to. What's the holiday? <laughs> Labor Day is in September. Second. What's the other one? Memorial, Memorial Day. Day. Mm-hmm. That weekend. In May. That weekend. Yes. I don't know. Why I can't keep and subscribe. Is that it, made Nellie? Well, we do. Yeah, we are hosting it there. But there's a local lady. Her name's mm-hmm. Laura Petrie, who came to me to want wanted to do it. And uh, we said something about doing an LBGQT festival uh, instead, but she was like very much about woman empowerment and lesbian film festival. So uh, they didn't have this content didn't have to be about lesbianism. It had to be about the people involved with the film uh, or the, in some way okay. had to be lesbians. So, But it was a great thing. I mean, we brought lots of people to Kentucky that would have never been here before that really enjoyed the community. And it was exciting. Uh, yeah. I don't see how you can't once you get here. I, yeah, exactly. you know, I don't yeah. see how anybody can't love Lower Town. Yeah, exactly. Is there anything else like while you're on here? Do you want to, any websites people can go to to check you out? Um, MaidenAlleyCinema.org is our um, website for our theater that is all year long, updated every week with all the stuff we're doing. And then for the film festival, it's RiversEdgeFilmFestival.com. And Bricolage Art Collective, it's B-R-I-C-O-L-A-G-E, ArtCollective.com. And uh, if you're in Paducah, you know, there's lots of great uh, restaurants and places you should Absolutely. go to. Freight House is awesome, et cetera. Coffee House is amazing. Um, yeah. Yep. And it's a great place for a couple's weekend, too. Brought my wife down yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's so nice. Close to the lakes it. and stuff, yeah, too. So nice. Hiking. Um, the river's right there, so... All right. Well, thank you very much thank for taking the time because I know you don't have it. Yeah. So thank you. you spared an hour for us, and I really appreciate <laughs> oh, it. Thank you. It was you. fun. It was fun. Thanks. Well, I hope you come to see me in the movie. And I know that you will plainly see. The biggest fool that's ever hit the big time. And all I got to do is act naturally.